0: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a 5-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the Fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. See,
1: hey, you've done yet, we're going to start the show mm mm-hmm. Hey, everyone's fans. Mark Allred here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 184, brought to you by show sponsor betonline.ag. It is June, Sunday, June 28th, 2020. And we have uh, a decent list of topics that we're going to cover. We dig, dig, dig for news. We are a podcast that doesn't go on for 15 minutes when things are not going on, we find it. So with that being said, I need to welcome in my co-host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what up?
0: Hello, Mark. How was your week with the dogs this week?
1: It was awesome. I was so pumped to see them. It's been a while. I've been staying away from my dad during the uh, Coronaville. So uh, my father went to Florida and I, Courtney and I went to his house uh, because it's a little more, it's a better environment for the two dogs. They're both Boston Terriers. They're both awesome, awesome dogs. And uh, I, I, I had a blast, but it's good to be home uh, from our hiatus and um, getting back to work, talking the things that we do best. And, and that's uh, Br- Boston Bruins hockey talk. So how was your uh, week off? Uh, I'm sure you were busy, busy.
0: Well, yeah, I was just keep on trucking, but now I got a week and a half of vacation or so, so we'll see what adventure that brings, but hopefully get outside, go to the lake or something for a little while.
1: Yes, it's but good. Yes, to... No,
0: all right, just same old, same old, you know, things don't change much here.
1: Right. It's very good to see that things are starting to open up, parks and, and lakes and so on, um, but uh, hopefully it's it's in time of... Of safety because it's it's tough out there right now so um, with that being said let's just jump right into uh, one thing that I do want to cover and it's an unfortunate event that happened on Monday last week Um, my dear friend Alicia Adams I've been friends with her for on Facebook for a long time I I, want to say it's probably going on eight to nine years, uh, diehard Bruins fan. She lives down in Florida. I believe she is from the new England area. Um, but on Monday her house and, uh, uh caught on fire and it burnt to the ground. But uh, thankfully things were uh, okay with the family. Everybody got out safely. It was just, um, property damage and, and so on, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop because, um, the, uh, the aftermath and the thoughts and everything like that just continue. So, um, I wanted to, uh, we donated as a, as the black and gold hockey podcast and uh, website team, uh, we donated some money to her to help out. So, and, uh, I also just want to say that if you want to help out this, this Bruins family that is uh, a little down right now and, and they need a little pick me up to get back on their feet, I encourage you to please go to uh, the gofundme.com website and um, do a web search for Adam's family house fire. If you go on to um, gofundme.com, you'll see a search area. Click on that and just type in Adam's family house fire and it'll come right up. It's a great picture of the, uh, of her family and uh, they've they've gotten well over their uh, their goal so far, but um, it's still you know they still need some more help because this is this is just it just it's tragic you know I, I understand it happens and to other people and other families and so on, but um, when it comes to somebody that I know, I I want to do the best that I can to help out so. And we did that by uh, by donating, and and so many other people have donated too, which has been really good. So if you can, please donate to the to her cause and her family's cause, and and you know help you know for some better days. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So let's just jump right into some uh, some. We'll start off on some decent topics to, to go for us and we'll, we'll, we'll move on to other ones, uh, the, probably the ones that I'm not going to really like towards the end. Uh, we do have uh hashtag Ask BNG, that's back. We have five questions from there and uh, obviously we got um, other things to talk about, but anyway, let's talk about recent Boston Bruins awards, Heather, what do we have on tap for that since I've been away?
0: Okay, so this all happened, like, right after we recorded, the last time we recorded. So uh, the Bruins give out their internal awards every year. So there's four awards, I believe. Yes. So um Brandon Carlo won the Eddie Shore Award, which is given by the Galley Gods. You want to tell everyone who they are? Gallery uh, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, they are the people up at the top of the balcony, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're like the crazy fans that you see in the second they're kind of like legendary they've transferred from building the bill you know what i mean and they're the craziest of the crazy you see up there in the first few rows of the balcony but they give out this award uh it goes to the person who demonstrates the most hustle and determination throughout the season so uh little facts about carlo he uh he at home it, it was awesome this season but we've talked about him all season like this kid is awesome he's 23 years old he had four goals and fifteen assists, so four goals is a career high for him, I believe, this year. And he, I thought this was interesting. He's got his nineteen points, which is good. He's growing. He was also third for time on ice, well, with twenty minutes and thirty nine seconds. But at twenty three, he's the eighth most veteran Bruin on the roster. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, two hundred ninety seven games, and he's been injured a couple times. And if he wasn't, think of it, like he's a truck. I love him. Yay, Brandon Carlo. Glad to still have you be the Bruins. Okay. Uh, And then the Elizabeth Dufresne Trophy, which goes to the outstanding performers for a Bruin at home. Can you guess who got that? Everyone's probably, I read this. I know you posted this, but David Pasternak. he's been pretty awesome. Just at home, he had 28 games and 49 points. Jesus, is having a year of a year. 2020's not stopping this kid, right? Uh, Anyways, Marshawn, an interesting fact, Marshawn won the three years before that. So sorry, Marshawn. You don't get to have your accolades this year. <laughs> uh, the Bucky, the, the, where am I? So Patrice Bergeron won the John Busick Award. Uh, the Chief gives that out to the Bruin that most contributes to like community off the ice, you know, like in their community. And as we know, Patrice is a saint and walks around with a halo whether he wants one or not, you know, pucks or paddles and visiting all the hospitals and uh, donating uh, to the NC, then WACP and the. Multicultural ethnic, de Quebec or whatever it was. Uh, but he's pretty awesome. But he also gets to donate another $1,000 from the Bruins alumni. They give it as part of the award to any charity that he wants. I'd also like to say something about uh, the Chief John Busick. He just completed his 62nd year in the Bruins organization. 62 years out of the whole history of the Bruins. That's insane.
1: Yeah, That's crazy. That's and and time. he's he's currently in charge of, um, of Bruins Travel um, make sure everybody gets a, t- gets a ticket and um, welcomes them on the plane. I think he still travels with the team. Um, totally not sure about that, but I know that he's in charge of uh, logistics.
0: And la- the last one that they just got here was the 98.5 Sports Hub, like three stars. That goes to the three people at home, the best uh, records or whatever at home. And we played 35 games at home before we stopped. That's like baseline, but passed act with his 28 goals and 21 assists. He had a plus 11. He had a good year, you know, no disappearing pasta this year. That's for sure. Uh, your boy Tuka got number two. He had, was 14, two and six at home with a 2.15 and a .926. At home, pretty good. Well, we also, I mean, we're not two that don't love the two caress. So. And Brad Marchand had 14 goals and 27 assists, which he's Brad Marchand. He's a, he's a little arrogant, but we love him, right?
2: Okay. Exactly. Also, though,
0: more excitingly, David Pasternak won the fan vote for best dressed in the NHL. Yay! <laughs> With all his crazy suits. That's fun. Fashion. That's fun. Fashion. Yeah, fashion is more important. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there are certain people who set the standard. But he beat out Austin Matthews. Yay! And Mark Schleifle, we just like to say his name. And who else was one of the finalists? Jack Eichel. There's just a few people, but whatever. So I still say Henrik Lundqvist is just the standard for awesomeness. But that being said, that's fun because pasta in his crazy suits and whatever else he's doing. He's pasta. He's doing his thing. I love that dude. Okay. So that was the more, we just want to talk about more awards because we like talking about how awesome they are. So they're awesome from how they dress to they help their communities moving on to
1: hockey hall of fame hockey hall of fame inductions um there was a a quite uh an impressive list and there was um some that weren't impressed i wasn't impressed thoroughly i think that some um players were left off of um recognition but more notably when it comes down to bruins content um, there was one player that was involved in the inductions. Uh, I'm sorry, in the – yeah. Well, he's going to be inducted in November. so, uh, And that's uh, former Boston Bruins, Jerome Aginlin. So um, why don't we talk about the um, players that were uh, inducted last week? I don't have a list of the other ones besides Aginlin.
0: Well, Jerome, again, like he's a headliner, but also Marion Hosa, he's getting is not also a first time. I think it's important to note that their first time uh, ballot and they both got in. We got a couple of old school, but still around guys. We've got Kevin Lowe and Doug Wilson, Kevin Lowe. I, he was one of the ones I was like, yes, because he's got a million Stanley Cups. It's pretty awesome. Whatever. Uh, Doug Wilson, he's still around. He's a GM. And Kim St. Pierre's going in for Canadian. Uh, she's a Canadian women's standout uh, knockout. Uh, and Ken Holland, another name that's still very influential in the, the hockey world. Uh, he's going in as like a builder, a GM. So a pretty good list overall. Yeah, but um, no one's gonna like everything, right? And like you said, there's a few people. Uh, and yes, I could right now go on my McGillney rant. But let's talk about Jerome Guignola first, right? So. He played for the Bruins just one season, right? We got a little touch of him. He had uh, he played seventy eight games with us. He had thirty goals and thirty one assists. What say you?
1: Yeah, I mean, he, uh, great career. Uh, one year, a short short time. Um, the a lot of people that when uh, I, I don't remember who wrote the article, and I'm sorry, but it was Black and I shouldn't I should have wrote that down. But um, there was a lot of hate from that because they, a lot of folks said that he shouldn't have gotten um, mentioned as a Bruin because of what he did previously to come into Boston. And if nobody knows about that right now, what he, um, he agreed to a deal to come to, or there was a deal in place to have him be traded to Boston. And it, went awry and um he ended up going to pittsburgh and and fortunately the boston bruins swept pittsburgh that year and uh jerome joined the boston bruins uh the following season for that for that 30 goal season but anyway um but it's 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 weird the whole thing of the 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 trade tree and so on because it, you if we look about the the steve dangle um trade tree that he did with with joe thornton there was a deal in place, and now we know that it was Matt Bartowski, Alexander Kokolachov, and somebody else. I wish I wrote this down. But that was that was the principal trade that they were going to get again, love. But and then they just backed out. Something happened. He wanted to go to Pittsburgh. But regardless, um, I
0: don't know what happened because it's obviously he's a pretty loyal. I mean, near the end he played for a couple different teams, but he played with Calgary forever since you know rookie year. But can we want to talk about how awesome he is? This sure. His international play. He's got six junior games and thirty six senior games. He as he's got 96 he won the world junior gold with team he's obviously canadian if anybody doesn't know that he won the world cup gold in 97 with the team canada he won olympic gold in 2002 he won world gold in 2004 he didn't do so hot in 2006 but they won the gold again and he's the guy who passed Sidney crosby in 2010 his golden goal it was jerome mcginla who smashed it he was drafted 11th overall by dallas He played with the Flames, like we said, forever and a day, like 13 years or something before he started bouncing around. He did a little stint here. He had 81 playoff games. He had 37 goals and 31 assists in that. And I'm still pissed off about 2004. I still feel Calgary got fucked on the Stanley Cup. Excuse my language, but I do. Uh, He was on the all-rookie team. He was three-time All-Star. He won the Rocket Richard three times, the Art Ross. He won the Pearson. He won the Lady... he won the lady king clancy he won the foundation players award he won the mark messier leadership award and this i don't think needs to be uh, like a lot of people haven't been talking about it but it really is a big deal he's only the fourth black player to be inducted in some capacity into the hockey hall of fame him and grant pierre one of his idols growing up where he grew up but you know was a huge star uh and also angela james and willie o'ree in there as builders and whatever but that is a big deal um and Jerome McGinnla is awesome, but Marion Host is also awesome. And I, I think, I mean, everybody that got in this year deserves to be in. But like I said, how can you not put Alexander Mogilny in the Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah, and, and, and international
0: and, and, hockey. He changed it.
1: And to touch oh. on the uh, Jerome McGinley thing, uh, he yeah. still lives in Boston, his, his yeah. kids go to Boston schools. He's coaching, I believe, um, or or maybe he's not coaching his kid, but is always at the rink. So it's good that he stayed in the area and so on. And who knows, maybe something down the line um, will open up for a position um, with the Boston Bruins uh, being so close to town. So, but the thing is, it really sucks is that he didn't get that Stanley Cup, you know, and and I think that that's something that. Well, I know for a fact that every player wants uh, wants the uh, ultimate goal, but um, you know it's just too bad that a player with his accolades and all all that he's done for the game uh, couldn't get the ultimate prize. But um, but the, I mean, this is probably second best is is to be um, noticed and for his accomplishments in hockey on and off the ice with the, with the uh, the Hall of Fame induction and. And you know it's really good that that they do something like this. And I'm not I'm not completely bought into the whole committee with Lanny McDonald heading the whole thing and so on. But you know there's there's a reason there's a method for the madness. I always say. But um, you know I, I don't think Ron Wilson uh, I think that's his name. Did Ron he Wilson. even win a Did he even win a Stanley Cup? Uh, you know? I did
0: not write down. I all know Ron Lowe Stanley did, Cup, but. He has, uh, but Doug Wilson,
1: Doug, Doug, sorry. He,
0: I think is more on defense on his defensive thing is more like games played and whatever. Like he was like, again, he was one. I was like, "Mm," but then you can argue has been impactful, but he's going in as a player and not as a GM. So it's like weird to me, but the hockey hall of fame standards, we have no idea what the criteria actually is. Right. That's why every year, like people are mad. Certain people get in or don't get in or whatever, uh, like Kevin Lowe, like yeah, again, numbers wise, but he's got six Stanley cups, do you know what I mean? It's like, like I'm glad Jerome McGinley got in in his first ballot because his numbers he deserves it, but also because everyone's like, oh, but they didn't have a Stanley Cup, right? like whatever. sometimes you don't have to have the Stanley Cup and still have been the one of the most impactful players on the sport in your generation or error or whatever and like you said and he's not he's you know he just retired a couple of years ago he might go on and be a coach or g or whatever people build second careers right so, he is pretty awesome and i'm glad marion hosta got in on the first round too not because he like he had numbers whatever six-time all-star and all of that he played in a lot at over 1300 games but because i think he was very impactful in international hockey like he represented slovakia like 14 times or something like crazy like that like so for me i think if it is truly going to be an international and not just revert to it's an nhl hall of fame even though it's not let's pretend it's not it's important i think people like Hosa and again like get in first ballot What about the guys that waited around 20 years to get it because like i said i mean kevin lowe won with dynasty of teams and
1: things you know
0: yeah they're 94 with the rangers but yeah
1: but, but when uh, you think about waiting, I always bring this up. It's like Rogie Vachon, a former goaltender, long time ago. I mean, the guy retired in the early 80s and he, I think it was 83. And then he didn't get, he had three Stanley Cups and just recently got in within like the past four or five years. So just crazy how everything's voted on and, and you know, categorized. But,
0: yeah, well, Hall of Fames are weird anyways because. If you let everybody in who might be deserving, then it's not special anymore. If everybody gets in, Right. Yeah. But you also have to have flexible, like what you, you know, I don't know. It's just some years more than others. Like this year, I'm not, there's no one I can make an argument against either. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of players and I know you can only let so many people in and I have to trust that. I mean, there are people who care truly about hockey and are trying to pick the best six people or five people, whatever they end up, because you don't, you, I don't think there's a limit, but I wish we could. But yeah, that would be a fun thing to do with it. You know, like if news is still slow one of these days, like who are the four people that you most think should be in the Hall of Fame, but aren't?
1: Not a bad idea. Not yeah. a bad idea.
0: All right. Well, anyways, uh, Hall of Fame, Ye Jerome Inla, who I think is awesome. I also was thinking there are times when like, like when Marion Hosa, I was looking at I was like, there were a couple years How did when the Thrashers should have been a good team. They had a lot of good people on their team, and they just were still a shit show. How is that possible?
1: Right. Um, do have to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, soccer leading the way. BetOnline.ag has the best odds lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline.ag has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline.ag has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag and please use code CLNS Media on your mobile device, and join now to receive a new welcome bonus and start playing today. Remember, folks, please use code CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So, um, moving on to another topic, which is, uh, oh, this is is a tough one. Joe Haggerty last week wrote an article about um, Jake DeBrusque and how everything is going to be working out. Uh, the 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 goal I believe is to get Tory Crew locked up um, long term uh, this off season, whenever that is. Air quotes. Um, but Joe wrote an article about if 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 um, if Crew gets what he wants in money. Uh, that might leave somebody out, uh, which I call a cap casualty, another air quote. Um, and he mentioned Jake DeBrusque could be that could be that guy. So uh, let me just pull up the article that he has right now. This was uh, done on June 24th, and the title, Jake DeBrusque will get paid this off season, and it likely won't be with the Bruins. And I did not like that at all. But anyway... Um, he writes, uh, after a tough postseason, after a bit of a down regular season, might slide DeBrusque back into the 4.5 million range per season. Uh, but it's expected that he'll be able to command something in that neighborhood after averaging 20 goals per season in the NHL. Uh, that's a little bit of high number than I thought. But anyway. Uh, he says these these days Debroska is going to command a big jump in salary to the 4.5 5.5 million range annual value uh, and he'll he still hasn't quite developed into a consistent productive top 6 offensive threat on the second line if there is if there was a time to deal away Debroska in the midst of his salary cap constraints this would be the time to do it while getting back pretty close to a maximum value for a young, still developing player. Um, so that, that number, we all, well, most Bruins fans know that the culture in Boston is to keep players here, keep them happy, but to do that and stay competitive as a group, um, players need to understand that they need the, some cap flexibility to make improvements when needed. In the season, whether it be before or, or or the beginning of the season, or right before the trade deadline, you need that kind of flexibility to come back. If you're going to get a high-profile player, a sniper, whatever, you have to have the uh, the the salary cap. Um, I'm going to say it again, flexibility. But I don't see Jake getting that number. I don't. I don't know how I feel about this whole this whole topic because the fact is that. Pasternak took a took a pay cut, and he could have gotten a lot more. Bergeron and 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 so on, and I know this it's different times and everything like that. So I think Jake is going to stay, but I don't think he's going to get that much. I am still on board with this is eighteen an av, air quotes about eighteen million dollars in cap space after they signed Yaroslav Belak. So I could see Crew getting. The six, $6.57 million range. Uh, Bjork getting up to like two. Um, DeBras getting three, possibly four in that range. That's You can still work with those constraints under $18 million. So I think a deal will get done. I don't think we should give up on this kid. He's young. He can play the game. He plays a good Bruins style. I know he has inconsistencies and so on, but for me, I think what happens next is you, you sign him to a a bridge deal, two year, three year deal uh, on his first real NHL contract, coming off of his entry level deal, and then see, go from there. If you you don't if you don't like what you see in that short time frame of that bridge deal, then move on. He's still young enough to go oh, he can get some some kind of value and so on. So, I don't know. I just – I think it's weird that everything's being brought up now when we don't know exactly what the cap's going to look like and, and how this flat cap is going to pan out for the, this season, next season, or maybe even the season after that. So, what are your thoughts on this whole shenanigan?
0: Um, well, one <clears> – <throat> I take Joe Haggerty at this point with a little bit of grain of salt because, you know, there's not a lot to write about if you're a hockey writer right now. And everyone's been talking about, obviously, we're tight on cap space. I don't think Jake DeBrus is going anywhere. I don't think Jake DeBrus thinks that he should get paid $5 million, even if they compared him to Travis Konechny. But the thing with him is that he makes a more direct impact on his team. That's why he gets paid a little more where DeBrusque is developing in a system where there's a lot of well-played veteran players and whatever else. It bothers me, Jake DeBrusque is 22 years old. <laughs> he's, not everybody is Sidney Crosby or Tyler Sagan or whoever that by the time they're 20 are, have already made their mark. He's a good player. He had a rough season. Yes, he halved his points or whatever, but he's 22. If you give him, like we talked about what we think free agents might get, but like this kid is going to earn some money because he has had a lot of experience up. You know, he didn't really, he wasn't an AHL kid. He came up and has been struggling his way along along. He's getting like three, three, five, maybe for like a three year bridge deal. Again, we've talked about how that way everybody can get through whatever the hell the salary cap's going to be in a couple of years. Like, even right now, they're trying to take care of the CBA and everything else and just get it all done with and negotiate. How do we fix going forward because we all need to be in this together now? Um, Jake DeBrusque, I think – I think, yes, on one hand, you can look and say there's a lot of other players that can do that. Like, they're saying, like, Nick Ritchie, this and that. Well, I've seen Nick Ritchie, and Nick Ritchie is young. He's – again, I'm not going to get on him. He's only, like, 23 or something, too. But I would rather – figure out how to not have that million dollar contract or whatever it is and give that to DeBrusque because he's a kid I think that loves being a Bruin. I think his teammates like him, you know what I mean? He's like their quirky little brother, you know?
1: Yeah, he's and, a class clown.
0: Right, and he's, I guess on it's weird to say, but like his dad was an NHL player and stuff, right? I don't think Boston's a team he would have settled on without some influence from smart hockey minds around him thinking this is a good place for him, his style, you know, like what they see as coaching or whatever. So I I do feel DeBruska's in and one of his, the quote in that article was that I mostly try to stay out of it because he was going like how things change in the negotiation, but he mostly tries to stay out of it. And, you know, he's dialed in getting ready for training camp in the season. And I think that's a good attitude to take. Because, I i mean, Jake DeBrusk has to know Jake DeBrusque had a weird year. Like, oh, of course, my negotiating year, this is going to happen. But I agree with you. I think give him a good bridge deal. He earned—he's earned He's earned three. If you're going to give Bjork two, you have to give DeBrusk three just because he's got the experience, too. And he's only been getting paid $850,000. Like, you know, we haven't been paying him a lot of money to do more work than some people make more than him. And uh, that's just me. I think Haggerty needs something to write about. I think everyone's freaking out. Like, obviously, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, did Tory Krug, did they release Tory Krug? Tory Krug, come on contract. Because they told us last year that the Tory Krug deal was all set and they were just waiting to release it at the end of the season. Oh, no, it's not happening. I still think we can keep it all if we really want to for the 18 mil because we can figure out how to get rid of a little more here and there. Uh, But no, I think DeBrusque is staying. I don't think he's going. I think it's more of an alarmist kind of thing. It obviously makes sense because you can kind of plug someone in there. But I don't, again, there's a reason that DeBrusque has been the one from his draft class that everyone bitches about is up there and his compadres are not. And that alone gives him three mil and that's enough to stay. Cause like you said, he's been in a culture, he's 22, but his whole career has been around guys that are not getting paid their value to have something more valuable, a solid team and the potential to win the cup, which like you said, is the dream. Like that's the goal, right? Nobody, your goal isn't, yeah, you want to make money, but little boys don't lay there at night. Like I can't wait to make lots of money. They're like, Oh my God, I can't wait, you know, or whatever. And I'm sure little girls dream of it too, but they're just not allowed to win it yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, before we move on to the next topic, uh, I do want to say when you mentioned Tori Krug, there was a rumor last week that he signed a three-year deal. And come to find out that that was total hogwash. Uh, whoever, whoever put that out there uh, deleted that tweet. But um, it, I, I'm dealing with it on Facebook. People calling me a liar because the fact is that they said that they, they saw something that he signed. And I was like, no, no, no. I am no insider, and I'm nowhere near as, you know, close to this Bruins team as anybody else. But I pay attention quite a bit, and Tory Krug did not sign. So, sorry. If Tory, yeah.
0: Krug, if Tory Krug signed, there would be a press conference from Don Sweeney. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I'm waiting for, personally. Like, I'm not belie- – unless Tory Krug on his Twitter is like, hey, guys, I signed blah, 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 yay, happy to be a Bruin. Or Don Sweeney or Cam Neely standing out there. It would be Donnie Sweeney, but maybe he's preoccupied. I don't know. You know, they're trying to restart the league and everything. But we would know. Like, if there would be no secret deal still happening because signing crew will calm everyone down too about what to do about free agency. Because right now is the time we all lose our mind about free agency. But right now we're all losing our minds trying to get hockey back. So I'm just saying. Tory, Um, Tory, Tory sign, yeah. That's not funny whoever's putting out false rumors.
1: Yeah, I know. Wow. It's, it's crazy because it's that. I mean, once people see that, they automatically go, they shoot from the hip. It's like, oh, my God, they finally did it. He's going to be a Bruin for a short time. But no, I think that, you know, I and mean, then they said three years. Now, we remember Tory Krug doing the one year, one year, one year deals to work with the team and their constraints at the time but I believe Tory crew is, is a fantastic defenseman. You know that I'm pumping his tires. It's, you know, but I don't see him doing a short term at this particular time in his life. Um, I could see this later on when he's more towards 35 and so on short term deals, but this is something you want to lock up for a five or six or maybe even a seven who knows, but you know, to stay in Boston, it's just yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy talk to, to 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 go out there and do that. And there was Sorry. another oh. there was another um website person that I am not going to even say what website they came from because I I can't stand them at all. But one of the people came out and said that Tory Krug signed. He has an, he has official word that uh, it you know broke to him. And that was total bullshit. And that was actually dated back to November, 2019. This, this, this person said that. So it's just complete bullshit when people just throw stuff out there to get, get their Twitter clicks, get some Twitter points, and um, maybe some eyes on uh, four or five articles that they post a year.
0: This is Tory Krug's contract to get paid because he won in two year and dealed it. And then he got a, you know, whatever he got is five and now he's 29 years old and he's getting at least a six year deal to ensure that the last giant chunk of his career is locked down, you know, whatever. Like you said, that, that seems ridiculous. He's not going to go back. Like he's the one player they have to give the money to. Why would he decide? Like, even if he's going to take less money, he's not going to take a less term deal.
1: Yeah. I don't know crazy. if he'll
0: go like he might not get seven. He might go, Okay, how about seven for six or seven, five or six or whatever. You know, he's gonna get at least seven. That's gonna be the number that somewhere around yeah. seven, a little more than that. Uh, even though he's worth eight or nine, he is not gonna ask eight or nine. Like he would rather be a Bruin if that's true. But he has to decide long term a little bit, right? He's got a daughter mm-hmm. and a family he has to think about too. Like it before the kids start school, you gotta know where you're gonna be playing for the you know. Yeah. you don't wanna start investing in all that, but I think that will all work out, but yeah, I don't think the only way he would sign a short-term deal is only because of this cap nightmare, and no one knows what's going to happen league-wide for the next couple of years. But True. I still think that's ridiculous. The one person who's getting not a bridge deal is Tory Crew because there's nowhere to bridge. He's 29 years old and he's at the peak performance of his career. You know what I mean?
1: Whatever. So, that's just that. so moving on to the next topic, which is the ridiculous was the key word here. Jack Eichel trade rumors continue. This is maddening to me. Absolutely maddening. Now, listen, I get, I do get where everybody's coming from. He is an elite talent. The guy can put up points. There is no doubt about that. People just use that narrative and target one thing, and his point production is it. There's other avenues you have to discuss about this. Number one, this is something that the Bruins do not allow in their culture. You do not speak to the media like that. That anything that you have, if you're not happy, you talk to your general manager, the revolving door of Buffalo general managers that are going on right now and that shit show that's going on up there is you don't do that to the media do it when you leave do it when you get traded whatever but don't do that because it makes you look like a dick in front of your team and i'm sorry I, this is i get the point production narrative i really really do but it's it's the it's the the inner workings of that locker room and on the ice and so on when you look at character, I don't see that happening. I don't see character and Jack Eichel coming to Boston. Not only that, it's his $10 million cap hit that does not make sense to work, especially when it's flat and it could be flat for the next couple of seasons. I just don't see it happen. I don't want to give up assets for somebody – who will probably be like, oh, I'm in Boston. I'm in my home state again. I'm so happy. And then all of a sudden, if the Bruins don't like make the playoffs for a year and he starts whining and bitching, I'm not for that. I'm not for giving up all these young assets that Buffalo's going to want for this player. There's no way. I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. And and I, I've gotten trash on Twitter for saying it's not a good deal. Cancer in the locker room shouldn't happen. And I'm, uh, you know, so many people are saying, uh, don't worry about what he does on and off the ice. Worry about the point production that he could possibly do in a Bruins uniform and, and where you can go from there. But there's so many other things you have to think about when you talk about a deal like this. It just it, it, just, it baffles me. It really does.
0: Okay. So one, I think the rumors are batshit crazy. And for me, it's the $10 million contract. But I would like to say in Jack Eichel's defense, he's a new generation of player. He is not the generation. I'm sorry, but Buffalo is a fucking shit show. Excuse my language, but they are. And someone, maybe it's not he's a cancer in the locker room. Maybe he's fucking sick and tired and he's standing up for his team and the fans of this team. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's not asking to be out of there. He signed it. He knew it was a shit show when he signed, right? They're starting to get people around him. Excuse my language. But now that there are bet- more veteran players coming in, like when Jeff Skinner came in and stuff, I mean, again, everyone expects these young kids to just know how to lead teams into whatever. He's supposed to be the savior of the Buffalo Sabres. So maybe it's not he's being like an overpaid jerk. Maybe it's that he's like, enough is enough, dude. This fan base in the city deserve more than this. They have one family that is making two fan bases miserable. Although my bills, our fan base, we're a little happier now. But until like two seasons ago, we were not. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's it. Maybe Jack Eichel, because he is in the generation that does have Twitter and a microphone and a mouth. Maybe that gets your attention when your star players, like, you know, I'm sick of it. You know, maybe it's not saying he's sick of being a saber or whatever, you know, like you don't sign a long-term deal in a city that's miserable and you don't like or care about the environment especially like i mean buffalo is a working-class town it's not vegas and st- it doesn't have all the bells and whistles some of the other cities have so i would like to say in defense of jack eichel maybe that's the situation i don't know because if it's as bad as we can see i can't imagine what it's really like there do you know what i mean what it's yeah to deal. oh it's and absolutely so by crazy. all accounts by all accounts eichel the team they love the coach and they like lo- you know what i mean or whatever just they like that new environment But it's like, now this team is trying to become a team and they're now running into management, effing up the process, like, do you know what I mean? And like you said, it's been a revolving door. How do you get anything solid if it's always revolving? You're always changing the people who are making the decisions, you know? All the players and the coaches can do is show up and play and, you know, try to coach your team, but that can't be a comfortable place to play. So I'm just saying, I don't know it to be true. He could be being a dick. Or he could just be saying, you know what? Hey, I'm Jack. It'd be like a, a bro, you know, whatever. Like, had when Tom Brady here stood up and been like, what is this shit? Like, he's, you know, like you have a voice. A voice that all the fans and not just, you know, Dan from Buffalo or whatever can go off on a tangent. But like, okay, so, oh, there's a crazy fan. Well, now you're talking about a league superstar, your superstar, saying enough is enough. And that's just, that's just me. So maybe it's just, he is from 40, you know, like a 40 minute ride down. 495 from us maybe it's because he's a whatever but i do think that you want these kids to lead this generation's got to figure out how to lead in the world of twitter and face you know whatever like no longer do they throw punches with their gms and managers when they get into fights they don't do that anymore what they do is when they have everyone's attention they simply say because if you watch him in his rant it's not like he's like I've certainly heard NBA stars trash their teams more openly just in a nonchalant way. Like he more, I think, is just frustrated and as a young man does not quite know how to maintain the composure of the face of the team and be as mad as everyone else is about the team. That's just me. But the back crap crazy of the whole thing is we cannot afford, we just sat here and had a whole discussion about Corey Krug and Jake DeBruskin. We didn't even get into Gliz and Anders Bjork and you can go on and on. We have 18 mil that might be tight enough to keep all the boys if we want we cannot afford Jack Eichel. He's awesome. You know, I mean, sure. He'd probably come in and fit in the culture. He grew up in the culture of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's just me. So
1: for me, it's just uh, i I'd rather see that internal, especially if you want to get moved, it just doesn't send a good message to another team that it wants to take you on. And it has availability to take that cap space on. I don't know. It, it, As a player, you have a built-in resume. What you do on and off the ice is going to be scrutinized. And for me, that's just not not a good deal. And that's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's wrong. There's no no, right or wrong answer.
0: I'm not saying your opinion's wrong, but I also think some of these superstars, like, yes, they have their resume, but some of their resumes would be so much more brilliant if they weren't because of the way we do the draft now. Aren't stuck on abyss of teams of shittiness. You know what I mean? Like, first, Taylor Hall had it in Edmonton, and it was like, this kid is literally isolated, and they did nothing to help that situation. And then eventually, they got McDavid, and even he had a few They, I mean, he's Connor McDavid, but his numbers are like that because he's Connor McDavid. If he was like a Jack Eichel, his numbers wouldn't have been as good, you know? But I also don't know how long a league can ask their superstar, their young superstars, to keep their mouths shut and always be old-school hockey, quiet on the bench. None of that either, like... Or even just a struggle and like just, oh, I love my life. I'm supposed to take my 10 mil and just be happy. Well, you know what? Money doesn't buy everything. If you're, this is a kid who wants to win the Stanley Cup someday and that he wants maybe some help to do that. Like he can't, no matter how good his numbers are, he can't do it by himself, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of help, nobody needs Um, more help than big fat guys like me. And especially from a, a a well-known New England company located right here in Massachusetts, right, Heather?
0: Yes, um, we're talking about Awaken One Hundred and Eighty, which is awesome. So when most people try and think about losing weight, they think ex exor- they think exercise, but most people don't actually start exercising. Let's be real. I'm talking to you, Mark. I'm talking to you and other people. I'm lazy. I'll admit it. But really. The results will always be the same because it's all about nutrition. It's what we put in our thing. That's what makes American 180 so awesome, right? So with them, you're going to get a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and up to 80% off if you choose of your daily food you need to start losing your weight, not just the first week, but every week until you reach your ideal weight. They're also, while you're doing your weight loss transformation, you're going to learn how and what to eat to keep the weight off long-term, which is the goal, right, Mark? That's what you wanna do, you wanna keep the weight off. And, because they're awesome, they give you free support for life, free support. So maybe it's the holidays, you're struggling a little. What am I supposed to do with this barbecue? How do I stick to my nutrition plan? There's always someone to help you get through your choices and needs throughout your whole entire life and who doesn't like free stuff for life. But it's worked for Cedric Maxwell and Scott Zolak and Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Uh, Andy Gresh and thousands of other people. You may even know some of them. New England, it's a big company. They're helping a lot of people here, right? So now, those of you out there listening, it's your turn to get in touch with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and start your weight loss solution with the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox. No bigger uh, endorsement than that, right? So check them out, awaken180weightloss.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much for that awesome ad read. And thank you very much for Awaken 180 for continuing to work with us. And uh, they're just, like I said, Massachusetts based. Nothing more than keeping it in New England. Um, But also they're uh, good at what they do and trying to help people reach their weight loss goals. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Here's the thing. (laughs) <laughs> the NHL on Friday night at 8 PM held the NHL, the 2020 NHL draft lottery. Now, very interesting the way that everything is going on with Coronaville and blah, 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 And the season not, not ending appropriately. And the 2014 playoff that all plays huge parts in this. Number one, is the faithful listeners that listen to us ramble and rant all every week. They know that I am not a fan of having the draft done before the playoffs. I just don't get it. The, the, me, the playoffs are supposed to be that time to figure out the latter part of the rankings for your draft. So with everything that went on, the the, 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 the lottery went down. And it immediately started. I was just like, wait a minute. The ninth team was not mentioned because of something, there's some kind of shift that went on. So, I mean, there's so many, there's a percentage of every team that gets, that's involved. Now, one thing that got me all worked up was at the end. So I don't know exactly. uh, It was the number one pick. So the number one pick for possibly uh, Alexei uh, Lafreniere, is to be determined. And it's going to be determined by a team that's in the play-in session. So we have several teams that have an opportunity to get a number one pick in the playoffs. I I don't get it. I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Maybe – I'm not a very smart person as it is. I get it, but you know what? This does not make sense to me at all. You had you had it. Why? Why? Oh, all right. So you could have a team like Pittsburgh Penguins, and they uh, I think they matched it up against the Montreal Canadiens. So like one of those two teams could get the first round pick, but they were involved in the playoffs. I, just, I that's what I don't get. Is like first round pick selections are not teams that are involved in the playoffs. So what you're doing is you're compromising the integrity of the frigging game. I don't get that. I, I, I don't get it. Heather, is there anything that you could say to possibly get me on the straight and narrow and figure out what is going on with this league and what they're trying to do? I know it's just a speed bump and what's going on with COVID-19 and everything that's in there rushing I still think they could have done this in the fall after everything, but regardless, it's like, what the fuck is going on?
0: I wish I could talk you off that ledge, but I'm kind of standing there, not looking down because I'm afraid of heights, but going, first of all, why do we need to, like, okay. We're in a draft lottery that has two phases. The draft lottery has two phases. I don't think... You know, because they expanded the draft lottery. It's usually five teams or whatever. So they expanded the draft lottery and they expanded the playoffs. And I think if they expanded the playoffs, the draft lottery should only consist of the six teams that didn't make the playoffs. Just saying, because everyone else now has a chance to potentially win the Stanley Cup. And it's like the stupid, like just when I thought they were doing the right things, is this stupid convoluted. Fuck No, like how can someone who literally has a chance, like, and uh, that's this is the thing of why they didn't call them playoffs, they're play ins because they have to satisfy contractually trades that happen, things like, you know, Hall going to Arizona, shit like that. JT, Mellon, yeah, conditional picks, all these conditional things that have all these stupid legal rules, which are going to be easier to make a stupid draft lotto. But, the thing that pisses me off the most is a I don't think I don't care if you lose the playoffs. you shouldn't be in the draft lateral period and you have that that's the number one stupid thing. So now someone who actually gets to have three more their team on TV, maybe sell more t shirts, whatever, obviously, you can't sell tickets or whatever kind of thing, but like attention on them going to also get the number one pick the fact that you're one of the 24 team shows you do not need to be get in the running for the number one pick you're mediocre enough and it wouldn't piss me off so bad but the way it's going the way they pick the teams they're like some of those people wouldn't have made the playoffs anyways you know what i mean some of them might have still had like point wise but most of those teams wouldn't have made the playoffs anyways if it was a normal 16 schedule so, why are you letting them play? Either let them be in one or the other because Detroit is still fucked and can't be more than fourth. Oh, they, they took it, a
1: bitch slap on this one. The
0: second phase, in which after we see who was still sucky enough to not play in the actual playoffs, right? They get the number one pick or whatever. They set the first three picks and then they have set everything else according to, you know, whatever, like Ottawa's two first round, whatever. But like they set everything else to points during the season. So that means someone who might should be picking 16th this year is going to maybe pick number one. (laughs) That is ridiculous. So stupid. I just, you made it more complicated than it needed to be. You know what I mean? Like the compromise should have been, you keep the five teams or maybe the six teams that didn't make the playoffs, let them do the top six draft picks as they should, or then give the teams that didn't make the playoffs, those eight people, the next eight seeds, fucking draft them by themselves into those seeds, then put everybody else who doesn't totally suck. Sorry. I just think it's stupid. Like, so now you're telling me, I'd also like to see how it lines up. If you just did it the old way they used to do it, like they should like the reverse order, like you're the suckiest Detroit. So you get the number one pick because you deserve it for being the suckiest. And that's the other thing. NHL, the Detroit Red Wings, original six, quote unquote, you know what I mean? One of your most storied franchise got 39 points this season, 39 points through 70 games, 39 points. In the time I said that, there is a roller hockey league somewhere that just scored 39 points. No, I'm just kidding. They won 39 games that time. You can't let Detroit fall off a cliff. Buffalo going off a cliff is one shit show to handle again. Like we said, they are rabid fans around there, super hockey, just like fans. But the Detroit Red Wings cannot struggle. And you just set them up to continue to struggle by not letting them get them. I'm not saying they would have got the number one pick. I just think it's asinine that a team in these play is the number one pick
1: it's stupid all right so listen to this i pulled up this tweet right and it's it's a three-part tweet that i uh took a screenshot and um this is a it's a guy his name's twain and that's all i'm going to say i'm not going to say his handle because uh he's not worth it but this is just like you could tell he's not a hockey fan so anyway he says in the first one How can the at NHL continue to be the joke of North American sports? Oh, I know. Let's have a shit show of a draft lottery that makes no sense. Way to drop the ball when no other sports have anything going on at the current moment. In big capital letters, epic fail. The second tweet he sends out, which was six minutes later. Hashtag NHL. How embarrassed are you guys today? complete shit show last night. You will never be taken serious as a North American sport. The third one, which is obviously the next day, the NHL can't get it right. There's a reason NASCAR is more popular than them. Shame on the NHL and what the utter embarrassment last night with, with the lottery. <laughs> Jesus. So Definitely not a hockey fan there. Uh, if, if I, 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 I can't see that being a, a hockey fan at all. I'm frustrated, but I'm not frustrated to take my favorite sport and say it's the, it's the absolute worst in North America. Sorry, pal.
0: Um, I also had written down cause I, uh, Katya Knapp or whatever, at SB nation. She had written like, you know, a summary, whatever draft lotto, like her article. And One of the things that in it said, according to Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie, if the qualifying round doesn't happen, then the eight teams in the lotto will be. That's right. Now, I don't know if they truly did confirm that or not, but I don't see why SB Nation would have them saying they confirmed it. I mean, that's an obvious thing, but there is actually a mechanism in case the play-ins don't happen in case like COVID and then they just go straight to the, you know what I mean? Whatever. We're just, I guess, going to take the four top teams and let them play it out in a shortened Stanley Cup. I don't know. but say the 18 is going to be Montreal, Chicago, Arizona, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Rangers, Florida, Columbus. At least half of them don't deserve to be the number one pick, absolutely. Like, how is that possible? So if there isn't, they automatically get to be in for that spot. You're not going to argue to me that the Columbus Blue Jackets need a higher pick than the Detroit Red Wings. I'm just saying. And then the Senators get, like, two picks in the first round. Because that's all the whole thing is – There's this first round that's already got everyone losing their minds because it's stupid. Then the second stage, so you got the seven teams that didn't make the playoffs, right? We already did that draft lottery, plus one team that is in the play-ins, right? We don't know who it is, TBD. Once they don't make it out, we figure out who gets that spot, right? One of them will get that spot because of Friday, it's stupid, with like 12%. They each have an equal chance of getting it or something stupid like that. Once they have the top three picks, then they're going to do everyone else in order of point percentage, right? So in other words, like we said, Detroit's fucked. They're number four no matter what because they can't move up because you can only move, you know, whatever. So they're, they're stuck where they are. That's nice. That's nice for Detroit. But if they can't be completed, there's this mechanism that says these are the eight teams that get to buy for the spot. Someone thought up this crazy convoluted plan. Because that's how, if they do that, then, right, no one else can, and then there's all these crazy things like right now, only the seven teams, like bottom seven teams can do any trades. Everyone else has got to wait. And we got all these stupid trades from February that have to be satisfied. And holy crap, what is going on? I'm sorry, I can't. So I can't wait to see how stupid it is come phase two of this uh, draft see if they even play in but you're not going to argue to me that the columbus blue Jackets should be vying for the number one spot of drafting
1: no i totally agree with that that's just that's crazy i did see those numbers too by the way uh there was a tweet that came out that had all the you know if 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 things don't work out the way they're supposed to be then those certain teams will be involved in that in that certain mechanism that you were talking about um but uh you want to take a break uh, sure, if you want. Listen, let's take a quick break. We're going to hear a from i a little the... angry. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from the uh, great folks at the store next door. It's a uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia-based company. And we at the Black and Gold Hockey podcast and blackandgoldhockey.com, we uh, purchased four items from them uh, this past week when I was on vacation uh, with the doggies. I had time to talk to them and go through something, so we're gonna do a little promotional thing. If you are a member of our Patreon financial contributors uh, team, which we, we continue to thank you so much for the constant and, and the new arrivals and so on, um, we purchased four. Uh, it's a hockey stick and, and two pucks on top, and what it is is you can put it in your bathroom to hold toothbrushes, or you can put it on your desk at work or at home, and use them for pencils and pens. These are fantastic items. But if you want to get involved in, um, in winning one of these weekly things, this is what we're doing, we're building up an inventory. So when hockey does start next season, we will have 20 some odd items ready to go for the hockey season without any anything. No more ordering online and waiting for things to come out and then logistics go out, blah, blah, blah. It will be, as soon as we pick a winner, it's getting shipped that day. So no more screwing around because uh, it's, I'm getting a little overwhelmed with everything else and this is something that just I, I kind of get uh, caught up on, or caught back on, whatever. But please go to the store next door uh, at, at the storenextdoor.ca website and check them out. These are great, great folks. These are people with disabilities that, uh, that get jobs and they make money and it's just, they're living regular lives, but they're making unbelievable products. So we'll hear from them and then we'll be right back.
2: There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker, and we change lives one job at a time.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Black & Gold Hockey podcast. I just heard from a a great little um, commercial from the the great folks at the store next door uh, up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Um, But, yes, if you want to be a part of the Patreon team, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcasts donate $1 per show just $1 per show we probably do an average of four to six episodes a month so it's not costing you a lot at all but it really helps us out uh, when we concerning cutting our out-of-pocket operating costs but it also gives an opportunity to give back to those contributing with some great prizes from fanatics t-shirts Uh, store next door products and and other great things so we're building up the inventory so get involved Um, but let's get back to some topics we have two more to and to go through the show we still have the ask BNG coming up which is uh, a good five questioner but the um, the hub cities go from a list of ten to five as the league prepares for return to play action so Let me get my paper here. Um, No, I don't need my paper. I need my phone because it's got a list of everything that I need to talk about. So as of right now, there were 10 teams, as I said. There was Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, Chicago, Dallas, Pittsburgh, uh, Columbus, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Toronto. Now, the teams that are gone off that list now for the hub cities are Minneapolis, Dallas, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and now, which came out not too long ago, Vancouver. So the, the, team, the, the, the areas that are still involved are Vegas, LA, Edmonton, Toronto, and Chicago. Honestly, don't see Chicago happening. I don't see LA happening possibly see Edmonton happening but as of right now our two what do you think Heather R two are going to be Vegas and Toronto thoughts on that
0: I think that we should just stop pretending it's not going to be Vegas and Toronto that's what I think I think that that's probably been what the hope was the whole time you got Vegas for the gambling odds and also obviously just capacity like they can just kind of quarantine off a block and let it be the NHL or whatever uh, Los Angeles is gonna be out because California's numbers are spiking for COVID. They're not gonna wanna walk into that. Uh, Chicago, we we talked before, I thought wouldn't be a spot anyways, just because Chicago is like 7 million people or whatever, 4 million people just crammed into a big space, but not really when it comes to urban sprawl. It's one of the biggest cities in in America. Uh, And uh, yeah, so also I just think stop pretending that it's not gonna be Vegas and Toronto. Does it make sense? Yes, you got your betting and all your thing. That being said, I think if I get to be quarantined and whatever that means in Vegas and then on the other teams and I'm quarantined in Edmonton, I'm going to be pissed I wasn't at least in Toronto for, like, things that may be potential recreation and whatever. I'm just saying Edmonton's lovely, but there's things to do. But I just mean, like, it's not as many things to do as you would in a... Bigger metropolitan kind of setting, you know. Like I don't know. Like I'm not trying to disrespect Edmonton. It, it's lovely, Alberta, Canada. Thumbs up. I love you guys. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, it's a hard one. But I think that's where we're gonna settle. I the only thing with Vegas is I don't know how they're gonna meet the um, practice facility. Like, where Toronto, there's lots of brinks all around that you could figure out how to transport. You know what I mean? I don't know if Vegas has that, where Edmonton would. You know?
1: Vegas has a rink inside their arena.
0: And I get they- that, but we're talking about twenty-four teams. You're gonna probably need a little bit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even though the places they're playing are gonna be these two places, there's obviously gonna probably be other facilities that have been designated for the NHL for.
1: Sure, sure. No, I absolutely have to be get able that. Able
0: to clean and everything in between, you're gonna have to have a little more space. Uh, but that's just me. I think we're still pretending it's not going to be Vegas and Toronto. And can we just announce that so I can move on and not worry about that? Just like Seattle's getting closer to a nickname. Great. Um, maybe cause they would have announced it at the draft, but then the draft's all stupid. Thank God they didn't do it.
1: <laughs> well, they're they're at least <laughs> leading the to Se- the
0: regular draft.
1: At least Seattle got a, a new name for their arena.
0: Yeah, I know. That's Which good. Nice. I'm glad they're chugging along. I'm just saying, these are the things right now that I would be worrying about. Okay. Like regular draft and then they get like, just like Vegas did, they're gonna no, they're not. It's never gonna happen. None of this hockey stuff is ever gonna happen. They're just gonna drive me nuts.
2: Now.
1: One just thing, now. one thing that concerns me about these hub cities and 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 getting crossed off the list as we go along and getting closer to July tenth, um, the training camps, which were you know projected to be a a time frame, is a uh, is a is a Twitter conversation I had with uh, a friend Reg. Reggie Schofield, uh, Schofield or Schofield, whatever. And he actually mentioned something very interesting that the health officials in Vancouver potentially did not like what... I'm sorry, let me word that around. The NHL didn't like what the Vancouver or BC officials had to say to the NHL if a few things spiked as a hub city. And I, he seems to believe that the NHL was just like, you know what? Forget it. We're just going to cross you off the list and just move on because, you know, there's a, that's a little concern for me. If the health officials are like, listen, what are we going to do if there's an outbreak? You know, are you just going to move a hub city to another place? That, that, that those logistics take way too much time. But it's it, it makes me kind of ah. I don't know what it is, but it's almost like the NHL needs to pay more attention and be more cautious about what's going on. Because if a hub city that was like really pushing for it are setting standards for health and safety and they're not jiving, then what it makes you think it's gonna work anywhere else?
0: Um, I think the thing though is that partly and that's what I was reading, is that they're very, very stringent in BC and I'm not saying they're not in other provinces, but Almost like, not too stringent. I mean, the NHL is only one organization. There, it. I mean, you can't also reach kind of in reachable goals. You know what I mean? Either for like standard. You know what I mean? Because by all accounts, they're using the NHL. It does have health officials that are helping them decide what to do. Uh, the. It's hard to say because they still officially haven't signed the comeback contract. You know what I mean? Like agreement or whatever. Uh, Training camps start on the 10th, but we don't really know if that means they want them to start moving towards the hub cities yet. It's obviously assumed it's probably just in their own facilities, training camps for at least a week or two. You know what I mean? Like that part hasn't been worked out, not just because they don't know where it is, but because I think it is the, like we talked about the turtle steps, making sure that, because once you start you can't let the fucking snakes back in the can you know like you gotta figure out how maybe it starts peeking out but you can squish it back down and i know we're going to talk about that next or whatever but some interesting things about that about them what quarantined exactly may mean uh but again none of it is hashed out but i do think though As an organization, the NHL can only do so much. And they also have needs that they have to have met. Do you know what I mean? And if Vegas says, hey, you know, as long as you keep everyone here, we don't mind you have these 500 people or whatever hanging around. And you can meet the basic criteria, but we don't, I don't know that they're not asking above and beyond what any other reasonable request is for a situation like that either. So the NHL can't over like if they can't afford to do some, like if say that one city says, if you test the players every three days or whatever, you test them daily the first two weeks that they're in the hubs. And then you test them every third day while they're in the playoffs. Right. Cause after two weeks, you'll pretty much know if anyone's going to come out with an outbreak. That might be something that is more affordable than them. We don't know. Vancouver isn't saying you have to test every day, the whole time, whatever, you know what I mean? So Those are the factors I think we just don't know about as a like business standpoint when you're, I mean, they just lost a billion dollars in revenue. Like they only have so much to work with and they already paid their players. It's not like they're, even though yes, collectively, they've got billions of ridiculous dollars to play with. Let's face it as the NHL, the owners aren't going to all of a sudden be like, all right, I'll cough up an extra $500 million. Even though some of them could, I'm looking at you, Jeremy Jacobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Another thing that is frustrating hockey fans in general is, is the locations, uh, obviously. I know we talked about this a while back, but, um, you know, if it, if it is coming down to a Vegas and Toronto, there are fans saying that, um, oh, of course you're going to put it in Toronto because the legal office is there or or the or some of their uh, offices are there. The legal office is technically in New York, but, um, uh, of you know, uh, the narrative is of course you're going to have it in Toronto because Toronto was involved in the 2014 playoff. Um, and the, you know, that's, that's favoritism blah, blah, blah. But what I'm hearing is, and maybe people can clarify that you can at me at black and gold two seven, seven, and let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but the West coast teams are going to be, go, w- would go to the East. So they would go to Toronto while a team like the Bruins would go to Vegas. That's what I'm hearing. So there's no home ice advantage, even though, you know what I mean? There's not. It, in reality, it's not there, but, you know, because they're going to do a mismatch, you know. Oh, I can't even doing talk. Their
0: best, they're doing their best to make sure you're not familiar with – so, like, the East teams aren't playing in the East facilities because they're all more familiar with those. Whether you're the home team or you're a visiting team, obviously the Bruins are going to be more familiar with Madison Square Garden than they're going to be the Staples Center in L.A. or whatever, you know. Sure. So that's that, that, That's what they've said the whole time, that they're going to try to vice versa. Ultimately, though, you got to put them in one place if you're going to play for a cup, you know what I mean? So I would think that there's only, like in my head, there's going to be two hub cities for the play-ins in the first round, and then everyone's getting quarantined in Vegas. Because the NHL can control moving the players specifically from the hotels onto jetted airplanes that they rented and have been hosed down directly to the airport and picked up directly on the other side to where other teams have already cleared any medical, whatever issues that might be happening. That's yeah. just my thought. I don't know. That makes sense. Also, that's where the thing is the boys didn't get their Vegas weekend with the award shows this year. They may even do the award shows in September when the Stanley cup gets awarded or whatever, or October, whenever it happens again, we don't know the actual timeline, but that's just my thought in the Toronto with the league offices thing. I do think that's too, but I Do think in some way they have to satisfy the Canadian fan base and have one of the cities, if possible, be in Canada. I'm sick of the home field advantage thing because one is there's nowhere to wait. Like they've all played in these facilities; everyone has played there. Like it's not like they don't know. And no one is talking about totally neutral sites, like some random place in Nova Scotia or you know in the middle of Colorado somewhere, not near Denver. You know what I mean? I just
1: yeah. No, um, I get it. And and to dovetail on that, we, we have to talk about something that I found very interesting. Um, And that's NHL chief legal officer, Bill Daly, who serves under league commissioner, Gary Bettman, confirms confirms teams will not be operating in quarantine bubbles. That is a little bit of a concern for me when you're trying to keep everybody safe moving forward. But uh, in an article on sportsnet.ca on June 26th, 2020, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daley confirmed Thursday that the league and the NHLPA will not consider, are not considering putting teams in quarantine bubbles for those mandatory sessions. Instead, players are being instructed to stay home when not at the rink, with the hope that frequent testing and health protocols will prevent any outbreaks before. Hopefully, games resume in two hub cities in late July. Uh, Bruins defenseman Matt Grizzlick had this to say in the Sportsnet article. Uh, it's definitely eye-opening to hear, but at the same time, looking back going into it, you certainly expect that to pop up. Uh, Grizzlick also said, you see more and more cases popping up across the league, and that has to be expected as well, but at the same time, it's a little nerve-wracking. So I totally agree on that with what Mr. Matt Grizzlick said. So I don't know. I just don't see any easy path to get this done as much as I want to get it done. Cause I want hockey back. I mean, it's, it's my inner child. That's just like, it's almost like Christmas and I want it to return, but I'm also like every day that we are progressively moving forward in our talks and in our weekly podcasts, I'm getting just a little more concerned about the numbers and how everything's spiking up again. Second wave talk. It's just, I mean, uh, it's just, it's maddening. I just want it to happen. I want Coronaville to be over. I'm tired of it. I want to go back to regular life. Uh, so it's just, it's just crazy.
0: Um, my thing, I think it's interesting that they're not quarantining them. And even if like in, bill Daly was saying it sounds like even when they're in the hub cities they're not going to quarantine like it seems like before they were going to quarantine each team separately from all the other teams but that does kind of seem a little crazy like to be able to control that you know they are grown adults you know but it sounds like more they're going to quarantine them in vegas together so that's kind of cool to me because in case you maybe make a choice as your family or whatever that you can't you choose not to quarantine if that's allowed together in the city, and maybe you just stay home. and sometimes you know, when your husband's a professional athlete, they're on the road kind of situation. You know, it sucks because it'll be like whatever at a time. but that allows them. I think I think I think it'll leave a lot of anxiety amongst players because they'll be able to be with their friends and their support networks like and a little more normalcy for going about your business in a weird ass world where you put 24 teams in two cities and make them whatever um that i like um jason spezza because uh, there's been 11 players that have tested positive we know five of them were on tampa bay because they had closed their facilities i jokingly said if tampa bay and who was it if tampa bay and montreal can't be and can i vote buffalo in or something like that yeah. well, It might have been a canadian but um We know one of our players did. We know a Pittsburgh player at least has. So there's been 11 players, but that's out of 200 players. So, so far, those numbers are pretty good that only 11 players and all of them seem to have been asymptomatic. You know what I mean? Which more research is showing is probably not the most, like you're probably not going to pass it on that way obviously in sports and especially something like hockey which if anyone's ever been in the hockey room and if you're listening to a locker room it's the most disgusting like bacteria galore right but as long as we keep the COVID out that's the most important thing we just don't need the COVID in we can have all the other funk that goes along with team sports and sweating in small spaces uh but I do like that that it seems like they'll have a little freedom too and it's not just like go to dinner go to your home you know you can We've already had four months of watching Netflix. I don't think people can handle it anymore, you know? Uh, but I do, I feel like Jason Spezza, who I'm only, he was quoted a lot in that Sportsnet article. And he's been one of the leading players involved in this restart program. Um, but he had a couple of good quotes, but I liked this one. I like just from a player, like, cause we're always worried about what the owners and stuff are doing, but the players. And Spezza said, you know, as everything around us starts opening up, we almost have to tighten up like how, like he was talking about players, you know, because we're going back to play and we have to probably be a little more careful as we get close to the training camp. And he was talking about how it's a certain kind of discipline that the players are going to have to make sure that they instill in themselves to help not have outbreaks and not, you know what I mean? Like everyone, he see, as a, the player kind of one of the player reps, he seems very confident that the NHL is doing the right things to make sure staff, You know, like they truly mean it when they say the health is the most important thing and everything else is going to come after it, you know, so that's good. So for once in the world, the NHL and the Players Association are on the same page. Maybe not on this draft lotto that happened on Friday, probably after that. But I think I think it's going to be on. I just think you have to take it a step at a time. What are you going to do? You got to watch for outbreaks. I agree with you, the numbers are spiking. I think that's part of what they're thinking. If they can get this in before, if a second wave or whatever, we don't know, it's all speculation at this point, right? I think at this point, the world can agree to just kind of go with the flow in 2020 because God knows what will happen next, right? So hopefully we won't get a major second spike. You know what I mean? Maybe now that we're out and about, if there are gonna be some flare ups, there'll be more herd immunity that starts happening. We can all get through it, but, They need to pick cities, the long and the short is they need to pick cities that fit all their criteria, training facilities, recreation, hotel capacity, blah, 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 blah. blah. They have to be willing to do whatever they can for the health, and it seems like that's what they are, you know, making sure people are tested. And Bill Daly and the Players Association seem to be agreeing on things, so that's good. I just feel like If it doesn't happen, it's not going to be because everyone, like, unlike baseball, which is happening, like, it's not going to be because there was pissing contests back and forth over stupid shit. It's going to be because there was a health crisis and they couldn't do it, you know? Not because everybody involved wasn't on board for getting on board. That's my rant.
1: All right. All right. Let's move on to hashtag askBNG questions. We have five of them. Let me get my phone ready for the, the fourth one which comes from a, a very valued team member, a new guy. So I will tee that up right now. But we'll let's start off with um, you. I want to say this guy is from Finland, and I appreciate you listening and, and, and being a part of this. But his name is Yuso Kake, Kake, oh, wow, Kakajanin. You could follow him at J-U-S-P-U-H. He asked, um, which player would you take for the season 2021? Krug at $8 million or DeBrusque at five? Hands down, Torrey Krug. Yeah. I mean, if you long. just – I mean, you. so if you're just asking uh, just personal opinion on how money works and, and the priority of team moving forward – you need that 60, 70-point defenseman in Torrey Crew, the bumper guy on the power play. Um, his mobility is just it, – it's, it's, it literally is superior. Um, and I think that at that point, and just per question, I think that uh, DeBrusque would be the one to go at five because it, it, that's just, I think that's too high for me. But um, that's, just, that's just me, but I'd, I'd go Crew.
0: Oh, yeah. All day long, I would give Tory Krug 8 million and not keep DeBrusque. And I love Jake DeBrusque. I do think he's valuable, as we've already talked about earlier in the show. Thank you for your question, Euro. And, uh, yeah, Tory Krug 8 mil. One of the top defensemen in the league all around for point product, whatever. And sometimes really a badass on his own back end, too. So uh,
1: Exactly. Um, and uh, Bruins Man and Twitter, at Bruins Man 1. Lance, Sir Lancelot, my boy, always always here to give us some questions, and I love it. But he says, ask, what do you think of Corrali playing on the wing on Coyle's line? I am a huge fan of this. I saw some really good things with Corrali on the left side and uh, Coyle in the middle and even Bjork on the right side. I thought that was a fantastic line. It wasn't quite the Boeing line that I used to love, but it. I saw something in Corrali's game that uh, moved him to a next level. Um, and obviously, it's, it's moving up from fourth to third. But I, I just think his responsibilities increased a little bit uh, with having uh, a puck possession master like Coyle. And uh, I think it really added a speed factor um, when you have Coyle that is a fast player, but more of a tra- the traditional, um, transitional type of freaking uh, forward uh, puck possession, like I said, and uh, and have those guys on the wings that are so much faster to move up. Um, thought it was a good line. Hopefully, it sticks around. I'm a huge fan of Corrali. He had a really, really tough season this past year, um, but I don't know. I kind I kind of did like that. I like to see him a little more of a coil.
0: Uh, I am in favor of anything that helps Sean Corrali be Sean Corrali again. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. He just – he had a hard time getting his spark this year. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think from lack of effort, I think he just was struggling. And sometimes that happens. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. Charlie Coyle is a beast. He makes a lot of – you know, he's like Bergeron. He makes the people around him look good. Again, I don't need him on my second line or whatever, anything crazy like that. But I do think that would maybe at least give him – Corrali a different look. He's not – like – he's always had to drive the fourth line, you know, like that's been his role and maybe he doesn't need to be the driver of the line. He needs to just be able to sit back and kind of do the little things our dirty. Last two lines always do. Yeah. Uh,
1: the next question is from Bruinsman man at Bruinsman man one again. Thank you so much, Lance. Uh, hashtag ask 31. Will Andre Kasha be a factor when the boys start back up?
0: God, okay. I hope so. I hope so because we still – just because we didn't play for four months doesn't mean we still don't need a second line right wing. (laughs) I'm hoping there's a little check alicious thing starts happening over here and that lets Jake just relax and, like, have fun. Like, do you know what I mean? He's young and, like, when him and Krejci are clicking, it's awesome. And I'm hoping, like, finally maybe they found the person to finish the triangle. Like, you know what I mean? Like. And help it so everyone's usually – because we, again, like, we – there's a lot of reasons why we lost the cup last year, but one of them primarily is if the top three aren't – in the top line isn't scoring, like, it's a struggle to find solid, secondary, consistent scoring on any line. Do you know what I mean? Yep. We've had times where certain lines will step up. Okay, cool, like, whatever. But, like, consistently, as awesome as we are as a team, it is amazing because we've never – we've always had the hole there, so – I don't know. I'm pretending I'm 30. So he'd be over there, but that's the point. Yes. I I, I hope, I don't know if he will be, because I don't know enough about Kasha. I, what I've seen of him, I think he is a good fit for that line and uh, you know, his skill set. you know, I just hope he stays healthy. He's got a history of concussion and hopefully helps drive it a little bit. You know what I mean? And puts a little spark in it.
1: I didn't see much of Kasha. Um, you know, I think that he was more of an, a transitional period coming from the Ducks over to the Bruins, getting in the lineup. I know he was a little banged up before, which he didn't get into the into the early games when he when the trade was happening. I know he was. Uh, I think it was a shoulder injury. I'm not sure. Up body. Let's just put it that way. Um, but maybe with all this rest, I mean, and and and, and working out getting to know some of your players. I know you're not be able to work on chemistry via zoom, zoom um, conference calls, but once you get back on there, I think that he'll be a little more healthier to move forward. Um, I, I just really hope that this is the answer to that right, that right wing um, scenario. But if, if he's not the answer, then, you know, and he needs a little kick in the ass and, and watch from level nine or whatever level in the, In hub cities, maybe uh, a a black ace could go up and 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 kind of you know see what happens. Uh, But um, I really think that the I really think that the uh, Bruins are going to rely on who got them the hundred points uh, season and not rely on black aces. But you know the better the better players are going to play, so we'll see what happens.
0: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I don't think Kasha will be on the ninth floor. He might not stay on the second line. Like they might move things around. Coyle might end up there on the second line with them. Um, Yes. Obviously the, I know you don't want that. I know you hate that, but (laughs) what I'm saying is, or you could, you know, whatever, move Jake to or whatever. You can move people around. Like you said, the people who have at least been in the lineup, mostly all season or whatever. Uh, But I do think that we traded for him for a reason because Sweeney and them see something, Cassie, I don't know, whoever has, you know, puts their input on it. Something in his skill set is good for the bees, or we wouldn't have purposely gone and got him at the trade deadline. He was injured when he showed up. He was still coming off. He had been, you know, out a little bit. He only had a couple games in just back from injury since early February. And we shut down on March Ten. So like you said, we only got like two games in. Okay. But if we're going to talk about Nick Ritchie being in there over to Brusque, you know, like for future contracts, then we're going to talk about Kasha's is going to be somewhere in the Bruins 12 forwards that are consistently on the ice in some capacity.
1: All right. So moving to the next hashtag ask BNG. this is from Cameron Young. You can follow him at, uh, I don't see it on the screenshot, but I think it's C money five. And he's a our new YouTuber um, at the blackandgoldhockey.com website and podcast. So uh, he does uh, tremendous work on videos and uh, analysis, and he's going to continue to do that. Recently graduated from UNH. I know his mother and um, got him involved. So he's doing a good job so far. But he asked, do you think there will be any players that surprise their way onto the playoffs roster and contribute instead of just being a black ace. I go back to like what we just said about um, the Kasha and and his replacement. There very well could be Um, maybe the, the rest was, was too much for a certain player. Um, And I'm not saying it could, you know, put somebody on a certain level in an arena for a long period of time during this, this 2014 playoff but it might be a game here and there that somebody needs to spark. Um, but again, I, I think I wholeheartedly think that Bruce Cassidy is going to rely on those that got him, uh, where they are, uh, now. I mean, and, and it's not coronavirus. It's where they, they ended in, um, in uh, March, mid-March when they got a hundred points. So, um, uh, I just think that a lot of these, these a lot of folks are really amped up for what's to come of these prospects and they really want to see him as soon as possible, even into these playoffs. I, I just don't see the scenario. And that's just a, a personal opinion of mine. I actually see a player like Jack Sideka or, you know, some other players that are deserving of, of call ups to be more involved next season. Um, when things get straightened out and hopefully the the 2021 season isn't compromised, but I, I, that's just the way I feel. I just think that they'll, they'll do that. But, I mean, anything could happen, to be honest. All right.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not going to be any of the kids that haven't been up at all this year. Like, there's not going to be any of that kind of breakout. Because like, you figure they shift some of the black aces aren't going to be technically black aces. They're going to be part of the roster. You know what I mean? So it's hard to say who will be the black aces, you know, to answer that, but no, right. I don't think I don't think anybody whose eyes hasn't caught our eye before will, you know. But we always have a breakout kid every playoff. Tory Krug, Pullman, Cliffy, whoever. Like, you know what I mean? There's always some kid recently that has some fun in the playoffs. Jake Debrusque actually, his rookie season, if we're gonna <laughs> circle back. All right. Any more?
1: The last one is a very interesting one, and I want to save this for the last because it's probably going to take a little while to discuss. No, but it it is an interesting one. This is from Vibrant Ankles, at Vibrant Ankles dot, uh, on Twitter. She, uh, this person asked B&G, do you think Charlie McAvoy tested positive? Now, this was it, – it, this was a go- we went back and forth on this conversation, and, and more or less I didn't want to speculate, but – you do have to consider where this person is coming from. And it's. Uh, they also add, it's weird that he hasn't been on the ice yet participating in voluntary sessions with Chara and Moore and all these other guys. Does it seem odd to you that an enthusiastic 21-year-old who loves to play doesn't want to participate? So, I... Uh, I... I as of right now, I, I just think it's 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 totally voluntarily. I know he lives in Boston. I know like a player like David Pasternak is is on his way home now. I think that him Vadar and some other Europe Euros they're all getting on one private plane to move over here, so nobody's gonna get infected and so on. Uh, that's per a source um, that I know in Providence, but you know it's just. It's not voluntary. I mean, it's all voluntary right now. So I just, I want to go with no. I don't want to like really speculate on that. But also, I mean, it it does make you wonder. But, you know, when the team does get back together and now it's mandatory, I think that he'll definitely be involved. But, you know, this, I knew this was going to happen sooner or later when you look at the, the tweets and you see who's participating and who isn't there. But also this person, Vibrant Ankles, brings up, there's a lot of other names that haven't been brought up, too. And can you speculate on are they, you know, tested or positive or, or not? You know, I, I, this whole, the whole situation is kind of messed up. But it was I thought it was a very interesting question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say it's hard to check off the list yet
0: because not everyone's back yet. You know what I mean? People are still moving in. There hasn't been like a mandate. I think the mandatory date is going to be July 10th until probably after 4th of July or so there isn't even going to be you know what I mean they might actually have a little more whatever but we don't know the date but the players I'm sure have till the 6th or whatever to be back for training camp I think with Charlie McAlboy it might be a matter of where he um not sorry itchy nose not just him, but other players that maybe have some pre-existing conditions. Maybe, like we know Charlie's got a heart thing and, you know, maybe there's if you're asthmatic and pollen has been out of control, with, you know, maybe some of those players are just having private sessions. Maybe we don't see or whatever. It's not a matter of they don't want to participate, but maybe for the sake of it, they're distancing themselves as long as they have to. Like this week, we they can start having 12 in a group or whatever. And it could just be a matter of maybe they're isolating themselves a little bit longer before they feel comfortable in participation because they have a higher chance of um you know contracting a disease if you have something like that asthma or other things and so that's just my thought on McEvoy but that's the thing it's hard to say because no one's making you come back maybe you don't feel comfortable or you don't want to or maybe you're still on vacation you haven't you know like i don't know what the circumstances but i think Like in a McAvoy's case, I would more speculate that it's more of a health precaution because there are certain conditions that he has that could make him more susceptible to if just that one, like maybe because one person did test positive, some of the high risk players have decided to wait until they have to go to training camp to actually do that. And they're just working on stretching and whatever all the other off ice kind of things. Also, we're not in the building 24 hours a day. We don't know that Charlie McAvoy hasn't gone to war. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, like it'd be great if they could set up a webcam so we could just see anytime someone's coming on and off the ice, but we don't. But I don't know. I wouldn't expect. Like again, I don't feel like we talked about with Maria spec- speculating about the player kind of thing. But yes, it makes you wonder. But I also, you know think there could be other reasons. Just because he's young and enthusiastic doesn't mean maybe his doctor didn't advise, although he's in town and it might look a little shady. You might want to wait until June 30th to get involved or whatever.
1: No, that's a very fair analysis, you know. A great question, though. No, is. it is. It was, to, was a like, good question, out. but it was like, it was one of those ones that you just, you, you want to take, you want to tread lightly on because you don't want to like go to the point that you're starting a rumor but you also want to go there and just say, huh, that could be a scenario, you know. It's just, but, you know, like you said, with with his pre-existing conditions, with his heart, and who knows that he might have been just one of those players that, listen, why don't you stay as much time as possible away until uh, we can uh, get a stranglehold or, or try to at least. But, you know, it, it, is, it is valid. I mean, and I knew it back then that, you know, that, you know, It's the internet. You can find so much information on it, and you can track down, you know, who could and who couldn't, because obviously it's not going to be put out there because of the, uh, the, the, the HIPAA Act, so. Yeah, HIPAA. HIPAA, yeah, so, you know, but, I don't know, I just thought it was a good question, I thought we could bring it up and, uh, and, and. Again, I just want to thank everybody who participated in the hashtag Ask uh, BNGs. They've been really good lately. We wish we can get some more. Um, oh, so- I have
0: a question. Okay. Maybe we can maybe we can send out hashtag Get Asked by BNG, and we'll throw out a question and see what they say back to
1: you. Ooh, I like it. We'll have to th- we'll have to talk about that in one of our our uh, power texting back and forth sessions. But. As everything, we have to close episode 184, brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please Don't forget
0: to che- check
1: out Awaken 180. Yes, awaken180.com. Check them out. Local, local New England company uh, trying to help out those that need it. So, uh, check them out, too. Thank you, guys, for the, the Patreons. You guys are unbelievable. Again, I can't stop talking about you. You really help make this all go along. Uh, the listeners, the retweets, the shares, uh, go to uh, blackandglobehockey.com. Please click on the Fanatics banner. We are an advertising affiliate with them, and you could buy anything. You can, It's not just hockey. You can buy NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, NCAA stuff, just go through that banner, click on where you want to go, do a web search. It stays connected with us, and we get the commission. So we would certainly appreciate that. That has been going really good. That's another way of helping, because we spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year to keep this going with the website and the podcast and and all the the platforms that require um, financial, you know, stuff to, to put this out there. So we thank everybody. And um, Heather. Great to have you back again. Great to be back after a little hiatus. But we're going to be, we're going to be doing these weeklies. Um, we don't know what's going to go on for the Fourth of July weekend, which is obviously next weekend. So we'll we'll stay in touch with that. We yeah. we will have a show, but we yeah. don't know exactly when we're going to be recording. So we'll figure it out once we get you know, it is the holidays, and, and we might have families that we have to hang around with. So we'll, we'll plan accordingly. How's that?
0: Yes, that's fine. I also want to remind everyone, I know you're going to hear it in a minute when Mark edits this, but please, please rate and review. YouTube, subscribe to YouTube. The numbers are growing on YouTube. You can see these awesome faces every week, mostly there. (laughs) Okay, so that, uh, I also want to say happy birthday, Kim Colby, if you happen to be listening because it is her birthday today.
1: Nice, nice. Amesbury High School alum, Kim Colby.
0: Well, uh. my evil twin. So we're 20 days apart, and
1: she's my evil twin. So. I'm gonna have to send her a happy birthday message on the FB.
0: Do it. Send her a cake or whatever. I will. Else it will be a Bruins cake. Medias.
1: It'll be a Bruins cake. and just
0: say happy birthday. You've got mentioned hashtag Kim Colby's birthday episode. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we'll we're gonna figure something out. Even if we just go.
1: We're gonna keep America. going. Yeah. We'll. Okay. Fi- yeah. Definitely figure something out. <laughs> Hopefully I'm sober for that one because you never know what's going to happen on no, Saturday. To do one where
0: we're not
1: sober. Yeah, well, we could do that too, but that could be and a so, little bit. we'll
0: better. just do 20 minutes of blah, blah, blah. I'll <laughs> sing the hockey night song. And, oh, one night.
1: thing one thing I do want to mention before we get out of here. If you want to be a writer, a podcaster, start your own podcast, your own Bruins podcast on our platforms, let me know. you want to be a writer, podcaster, even more additional YouTubers... You are welcome here. Please send me an email with a cover letter to Black and Gold Hockey. Dog. I forgot it. But anyway, I will. I'll put I'll put it up there on the, uh, on the on the thing if you want to do it. I'll I'll make an image. But uh, yeah. Anyway, we gotta get going because uh, I'm running out of time. But Heather, thank you very much. Hey. Bye. Stay safe. <laughs> and we'll too. talk. We'll talk during the week. Everybody, please stay safe and later. Ah.
0: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins Talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to Black and Gold Hockey, blog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod.
1: Gold out.